Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. Welcome back, everyone, to Walking with Freya. I need to apologize for my voice. I am down and out with some kind of flu or something, but the show must go on, as they say. I don't know if that applies to podcasting, but anyway, I wanted to get this episode out there. PWS Awareness Month is coming to a close, and I want to thank you all for coming along on this journey. This, of course, is not the end of the PWS topic, because that's what my daughter has, so... That's the story that I will be telling throughout this podcast, but I am opening it up again to other stories and experiences, and I would love to branch out. So if you would like to share your story, please email me at walkingwithfreya at gmail.com. I will also be going back to the every two weeks publishing schedule that is a little more sustainable for me at this point. Since this is the last episode of the month, I thought I would end it on the grandma's. Freya's grandmas. I had the pleasure of having them both coming, come into town recently and at different times, but uh, I got them both to sit down with me and talk about their experience. Of course, they've known Freya since she was born, but they both also have their own, have other experience with children with special needs, one a child and one another grandchild. I will admit that there is a little bit of doting in this episode, which is to be expected from grandparents, but they also speak openly about their other experiences and they offer their advice to grandparents of children with special needs. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And again, thanks for being here. Good morning, Annie. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me up to your office to talk about the topic of your podcast, which is special needs parents who are generously offering up their time to help you out and to further the information involved in the special needs community. Community. Thank you. (laughs) Do you want a job? (laughs) Okay, so I am here with my mother-in-law, the Nanu to Freya, the namesake of the podcast. Um, So Sally, would you like to start and just... Tell a little bit about yourself, kind of who you are, where you live. Or, yeah, maybe, maybe not where you live. I don't know. That's a, go ahead. Excuse me. I can, got, I can edit. I have a hairball. <laughs> My name is Sally, and I'm the mother of Andy, who is the father of Freya. And um, I live in Florida, and I come out periodically to see the family, whom I love beyond measure. And um, I'm so interested in what Annie is doing with her podcast and delighted to be able to you know, add anything that I have uh, in my background or in the present, future, whatever. But here I am. 
Yeah, well, so that was uh, a, something you brought up the other day that, of course, I don't really think about because I know your other son just as an adult. Um, but you reminded me that he was a special needs child also. That's true. Um, Ron... I mean, not in the sense that, like, Freya is, but... No, but it's a lifelong, uh, I would just call it a problem for him, because his problem is that he's very, very hard of hearing. When he was really, really young, at the age of three, he was diagnosed with um, about 80% hearing loss, which none of us knew about because, of course, I was one of those doting mothers that did everything. He looked at me and I jumped, you know. (laughs) But the thing is that he had scarlet fever when he was 18 months old, really, really sick, convulsions and the whole bit and I am positive that that's where it all started and the reason that we didn't know about it is because that was 18 months until he was three years old and that was when we really could see that he was having hearing problems Mm -hmm. and so began um, the speech therapy the the everything because he had to learn how to to hear so which meant we first of all had it took him to an audiologist to find out exactly how deaf he was. And once you know that, then you know how to start with the hearing aids, with a little chest pack, a uh, hearing aid strapped to his chest, with little, uh, look just like earphones of today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how we started out. And we would work on pictures and speaking and, uh, and lip reading and enunciating and naming things in books. And he also went to a professional speech pathologist who once a week would work with him a little bit, but mostly it was me uh, with books and cutouts and papers and just for two years. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, little Andy was a baby, a young child who also needed attention. And I was spending a lot of time with Robert. Mm-hmm. And Andy was, well, what about me kind of a baby? But we had to do what we had to do, mm-hmm. you know, so... By the time he went into the first grade, he was, he wasn't reading, but he was speaking very well, and uh, we put him right up in the front seat in the first grade regular school, and just looking at the teacher's mouth and just paying close attention, and he learned just by listening and reading lips, and by the time he got out of kindergarten, he was, you know, sort of, if you can be the top of your class. <laughs> as he was in grammar school, and then he went on to high school in Savannah, Georgia, very, very difficult high school, and I mean, just because he's a, an extremely intelligent mm-hmm. person, he uh, he aced the whole thing, got Rensselaer medals, he got French medals, he got everything, graduated at the top of his class, and I mean, he's just an incredible child, but it was, for him, it was difficult, but he did very, very well, but it was, it's been a lifelong uh physical and psychological problem and mm-hmm. I think that's true with probably all uh, special needs mm-hmm. children no matter how far you progress or how far you lag behind or whatever happens it's always an issue and but we all make the best of it and we do what we have to do to to move on we know that it's lifelong you'll never think you did the right thing you know as you grow on but there's nothing you can do about it done and they're doing okay. Well, so can you think back to that back to that time when you started realizing that he was having hearing problems? 
I mean, I assume it was coming out in his speech or just trying to get his attention, and he wasn't. Well, I it, it actually it wasn't even me. It was I. We, my husband Bob and I went off to a an aviation mm-hmm. seminar of some kind, and one of my friends was taking care of. Him. And when we came back, she said, "You know, Sally, you, I think you ought to have hearing tested. I don't think you can hear." Wow. And that was the first time I heard of it, and I thought, <laughs> "Now what?" So I called an audiologist in. Huntington, Long Island, took him up there immediately and had him tested. And much to our horror, we uh-huh. found out that the boy could hear hardly anything. Do you remember the feeling and the doctor, like getting that diagnosis or just I, kind of the time after I that? was when, it was so interesting because as soon as he told us how severe the hearing loss was, he put little hearing aids on and perked up. He looked around and so, <laughs> so, oh my gosh, he just came out from underwater. Oh, wow. He was looking around. He could hear. He could hear me. He could, you know, it wasn't 100%, but it was noise that he hadn't heard. And from then on, we, we just moved on. And I've always been a very optimistic person and a happy person. And when you have a special needs child, you are so busy. Mm-hmm. And you can either let it take you down or you can just get with it and, you know, work and enjoy. And I've always enjoyed it very, very much because every, special needs are a challenge to everybody mm-hmm. with special needs children, but it's a happy challenge. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Freya. Freya to me is like the first time we were even discussing the, the fact that she might have prouder Willie or something before she was diagnosed. And then when she was diagnosed, I said, well, you know, I've always loved to challenge. <laughs> I remember that. I've always loved to challenge. And, uh, and I thought, you know, and I, as I've written to you, and I, I thought I hope I wasn't being too flippant by saying something like no. that. But it was from the heart. And this little baby was so beautiful. And, you know, realizing there was a lot that lay ahead, but today is today, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was beautiful and fun and adorable. And she is today, too. And I know it's been heart-rendering for Annie because there's so many things as a mother that you are, are afraid of and worried about and you want to fix everything and make everything right and it's so hard but Annie too is a smart beautiful positive mother <laughs> whom I adore I paid I her to say this yeah I've got a thousand dollars in my pocket Monopoly money love yeah, right. it it's all the money I make podcasting yeah right in Monopoly money too <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I like the color. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I guess we jumped forward to Freya. Now that takes care of Freya. What's next? (laughs) No, Freya is extraordinary. She, she's very, very smart. She's, I mean, you know, through the through the years, she's always been very, very smart. She has her problems with her speech. is is really, really difficult for her and. uh, you know, and being spontaneous is difficult for her. But you sit with with Freya and you do a puzzle and you're just mesmerized because she can look at what you're doing and look across the room at a piece and she'd go get it and bring it back and put it right in the spot. She's a magnificent <laughs> puzzler. And I, it, I always think of her as a little bit of a savant because she's just ahead of you with the thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, many years ago, I gave her a little hologram of monkeys walking across a tree and when I got home, I to look at, you know, when I got home, I didn't have it. And then I completely forgot about it. And a couple of years later, she comes waltzing out of the bedroom and she's showing it to me. And I, oh, Freyboo! And of course, I left it again. And this yesterday, she comes waltzing out again. And there it was. I'm talking years ago. Uh-huh. She just has, and the, the red berets. 
you know, her room can be in her room and Freya's room can be in just the jungle zone. And I can say, do you know where that red beret is? And she goes and gets it. I mean, none of us could have found it if we'd looked. She's an amazing girl, an amazing girl, plus the fact exceedingly beautiful and sweet and kind and loving. I, I, I'm, I'm crazy for her. So seeing all of the stuff that we do with Freya, like with the speech therapies and all of that, does it remind you of when uh, I was a kid? Like, were, were there a lot of good resources? There were resources, but I, I, maybe I was wrong, but I sort of took the whole thing on myself. Uh-huh. I think much to the detriment of Andy's kind of feeling of belonging, but it, you know, I, I realized what Andy was going through and was very aware of keeping everyone together and being paying attention to him too, but and I worked very hard together and we worked mm-hmm. I mean it was hard and when I see Freya with a speech therapist you know for what 20 minutes or a half an hour I was like all day we'd stop we'd have lunch we'd have a sandwich whatever and then we'd get back to it not constantly because you can't do that with a child mm-hmm. but it was an eager learning learner but um, it was very it, it's hard work mm-hmm. now Freya only has a little bit of speech therapy here and there but this was constant mm-hmm. you know speaking identifying things like you know, I would go through magazines that had dishwashers and clothes racks and hats and clothes and colors. And, you know, it was a mix mash uh-huh. of things. It was There was no regimentation at all. It was just, yeah, just free form. And he adapted. He learned what everything was, you know. Mm-hmm. So I need to do more with Freya. I don't know. She's in school now. Yeah, but... But you've, you've got other children and you've got another... You've got so much going on. Well, so I guess that's another... Thing because I just the episode that just came out yesterday I put out was about siblings and it was more about Haven, and and oh. how Haven is dealing with this. But, um, well, if you want to have something to say about that, I first. will. I mean, when I came out to visit the time that it was after Freya had been diagnosed and and you Annie had to do a lot. I mean, you were you know the doctor's visits and this and that and paying a lot of attention to Freya and all of her needs and her frailty and. Haven, who was number one from the get-go, for seven sudden, years, <laughs> for seven years, was all of a sudden, uh, you know, what about me? So she just kind of, as I wrote to you, she just kind of retreated to her room and <clears throat> started reading. And reading was not her long suit before. Right. And I don't know how she caught up and got to it, but she devours books. Mm-hmm. But she had a great beginning with mother, you, mama, with <laughs> homeschooling because you, your homeschooling with her was intense and wide ranging and mm-hmm. wow she knew a lot you know mm-hmm. so that which she learned to read she she knew what she was reading about she's yeah. a very smart little child yeah but she is the love of my life always has been always will be but it's it's very hard on everybody mm-hmm. the only one that i see that seems to just rise above it is rona well i was gonna bring that up because rona and Frey are actually about the same age apart as and Andy were mm-hmm. and uh, and I I wonder sometimes if Rona gets enough because Rona's had to go along to all of the right a lot of the appointments and the therapies and um, she's an unusual little spirit she gets every single little thing whether you whisper it say it sing it <laughs> doesn't matter and she sees she she's a little wise little smart little thing and she sees the big picture I mean that's my take on it and I don't see that it's jealousy. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't <clears throat> see it. Maybe you do, but she gets a lot of attention because she kind of demands it. Right. <laughs> in, 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 the, in its wild form. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she gets what she has her little moments and gets her little demands met but she's a great little smart little sweet little child but I don't see <clears throat> I don't see any big problem I mean the two girls are so loving with one another and Rona's been translating for Freya since the get-go <laughs> she has been <laughs> and we say what did she say Rona and Rona will just you know come out with something that didn't even sound like what it is but and Rona doesn't mind Rona's very sweet about the whole thing and Freya too I can see Freya getting, now that she's in school and she's learning to speak and enunciate a little better and stuff, I can see her getting a little more frustrated when she's trying to get something across and she has been working on it so hard, but she doesn't have a meltdown. She just kind of puts her hands on the side of her cheeks and she just kind of looks and she thinks and then she'll come out with it again. But she's she's very aware that communicate. she's good. She's really good at communicating, I think. I really do. Uh-huh. You know, you have to listen and pay attention, but she's come, she's, <laughs> wow, has she come miles. Mm-hmm. School's very good for her. I think it's so, very too. very good for her, yeah. And she loves it. And she does, and she's, oh. I said, are you the most beautiful girl in the whole school, Freya? <laughs> and she said, mm-hmm. <laughs> that beautiful skin and her hair and her eyes. She's just a lovely, lovely, smart child. Yeah. You know? One of the things, when you were talking about just, you know, being positive and, and hopeful, I was thinking about <clears throat> one of the things that I read in the beginning was how, because it's a spectrum disorder, the kids with prader willi that tend to be on the less affected end of the spectrum, you would think that they're happier, life is easier, but they are more prone to depression because they're more aware of their their challenges. And But it also might be about food. When they're feeling hungry all the time and they can't have the food and they get upset. You know, she she, she kind of goes into a little funk when she, you know, when you say, no, you've had enough or you can't have that or, you know, trying to control the food. Mm-hmm. And she may be sitting in her room thinking, I'm so hungry, but I can't have any food. And it may make her unhappy. I mean, who knows? Right. You know, who knows? But um, she's, she's so happy alone even. She'll go off and get a book and it looks like she's sitting there reading it from cover to cover. <laughs> Really? And she, yeah, I mean, what was the question? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess there wasn't really a question. I was just, that was something that I had thought about when you were saying, you know, be be hopeful no matter what. But I think sometimes... Well, it's not hopeful. It's more just positive. Hopeful positive, is, yeah. you know, who knows about, right? you know, five o'clock this afternoon, let alone tomorrow. But um, best be positive and stay with the today and the moment and just... And just, show, you know, show happiness, show smiling, show singing, show, you know, happiness, a positive attitude about a lot of things. And it, it translates and it, you know, they get into it. They like it. You know, I mean, I see with Rona, I mean, I come in with a smiling face and a little sing song and we're off to the races. <laughs> you know, but I, 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 I can't, no one can think about tomorrow. What are we going to do about that? You know, it's just work on today is what I do. I try anyway, and I'm, but I'm a positive person, you know. I'm a very happy, positive person. Mm-hmm. Easy to get along with and fabulous person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the best mother-in-law ever. <laughs> well, but anyway, I don't know what else I can say about that, but I just I try to stay with the moment. That's all I can do. Keep it simple and keep it happy. Maybe I'm demented. Maybe I'm deluded. 
<laughs> but I'm better off deluded than, you know, monkeys screaming in my head or whatever. <laughs> no, I think I think that's great. I think that can be great advice for parents is, um, you know, even if you're feeling the, sh- the stress or feeling the emotional grief of your child's diagnosis but if you come into the room don't carry that into the room with you because right. they're going to feel it and they're going to know it and they're going to act on it because it's a very serious sad situation but you know i just i tell you if you just deal with the moment and stay happy they'll they'll be right with you mm-hmm. you know because there, there isn't really much you can do about it except you know baby steps Take into this little comes. happy place yeah Sometimes my kids get very mad at me. They say, oh, you're too chirpy. Are you too happy? And I said, well, it's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry you feel that way. <laughs> but I don't know. It's years of just, you know, trying to keep it simple because it's, I don't know. It seems to be my way of doing things. It doesn't have to be everybody's way. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. You know, try and keep it simple. It's a hard thing to do. Let me tell you how hard it is to do when people are seriously busy. Well, and that's, I mean, that could be one of the, Freya used to have more therapies, but now that she goes to school, she gets her She gets things. therapy in school. Yeah, but I mean, I know some parents are, you know, going to five, six, seven therapies a week and, and doctor's appointments and depending on the diagnosis of their child or the severity of it. And, you know, I think it's easy to get bogged down and mired in all of that. That's I think Faye is moving along at a, at a wonderful pace. Mm-hmm. I really do. You know, and she's involved in this wonderful family, and there's just this fun going on. You're on vacations together, and to stop all of that and take her aside and work on her, she's going to feel that she's being taken away from her little family life. I would hold your course. She gets it in school. She gets it in home. She gets it with friends and family. They all come in and love her and play with her, and she's. I think she's moving along beautifully. The breathing. You know, every once in a while when, when we, like the children and me, like Freya and Rona and me, we're also getting into a little kerfuffle. We say, take a breath, and we all go, and the girls are good at it, and they know. But if everybody just take a breath every once in a while, a good deep one. Because the breathing, if you get yourself in a tangle, just try and go someplace and do some yoga breathing, do some slow breathing, and just... Get a grip. Uh huh. I'm trying you know? to teach Freya how to do that too. When she gets, because I can see when she's starting to get a little worked up about something, she'll get a little, you know, she gets stuck on something. Well, say, let's take a breath. And she's good at it when yeah. I'm with them. But then we make a game out of it and then we start doing it every other word. Take a breath. No, no, let's do it again. <gasps> and we're all, we're all fainting <laughs> on the I floor. <laughs> <laughs> she's good at it. Yeah. And she, um, but she also is her own person. Very much her own person, which I love. You know, she's in her own world, and I would love to know what she's thinking. I would love to know what she's thinking. Okay, before we get to the talk with my mom, I just wanted to step in here and remind you all to please rate and review this podcast. And if you haven't subscribed yet, why not take a brief moment and click on subscribe now? These are the ways that help get the podcast seen and expand this community that we are trying to make here. 
could also tell a friend or a family member or a parent at school, anyone you think that would benefit from listening to others share their experience on this road of special needs. And again, I would love to share your story. Not only does it help others when they hear stories that remind them they are not alone on their journey, but there is also a lot of healing in telling your own story. I learn this again every time I sit down to do this podcast. So again, thanks for being here. And here is my mama. Okay. So I am here with dun, 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 Kathy, my mother. <laughs> and we are going to talk about Freya a little bit. But first, we are going to talk about my nephew because that was actually my first experience into the realm of babies with special needs and uh, all the things that go along with that. So, um, Mom, do you want to say hi, introduce yourself for a minute? (laughs) Hi, my name's Kathy Fricke. I'm Annie's mother and mother of four, grandmother to ten, great-grandmother to two. Yeah. You are responsible for a lot of people. Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about Seth for a minute. Seth is my nephew, your son's son. So Seth was part of a set of twins. Mm-hmm. Born three months, almost three months premature. Yes. Uh, Cameron was born vaginally, and Seth... Seth, Seth was born through cesarean section. He had highline membrane disease, which means there are little holes all through the lungs. And they got to use a jet ventilator on him, which was the first time they had ever used it. So we should clarify, this was 20 years, 20-something? 28 years ago. 28 years ago? Mm -hmm. Jesus. And uh, anyway, the jet ventilator forces air into the lungs to try to uh, make the little holes clear up or close up. And it puts like 1,200 breaths per minute into their lungs which helped his lungs, but unfortunately he uh, then had a brain bleed in four quadrants of his brain. So he was then uh, hydrocephalic, and he had CP. So Now what's hydrocephalic? Hydrocephalic is when the fluid will not drain off the brain, the, the tube that runs from the brain into the, because it empties into the spinal cord, or into the spinal section, and uh, that that wasn't working. So they had to put a double shunt in to drain the fluid from his head around his brain. So he suffers from CP, moderate retardation. Uh, now as an adult, he suffers from pleurisy almost constantly. He has seizures. Um, he can't use his right side very well. And he gets headaches a lot. So he's still really dealing with a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And anxiety, that's a big issue. Yes, he too. has a big anxiety. Because he knows, he knows there's something wrong. And uh, he's trying to deal with that. And to, he, he also knows that he's not ever going to live a normal life, as in getting married, driving, 
you know, having kids, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and so they were in the NICU for about four months, right? Or at least Seth was. Yes. I remember. At least four months. I remember all the trips. Yeah, they when they came going home. Going after school to the hospital and mm-hmm. standing outside, never getting to go in because I wasn't a grandparent. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, yeah, he was, we weren't allowed to touch him for at least a month because he was so anxious and his, his skin was very sensitive. And um, they were worried about him being blind because of the oxygen. And the poor little guy, he was, he was three pounds when he was born, but he, he had tubes going all through him and it was it was it was very sad to see mm-hmm. and then when they came home cam came home first and then when seth came home they both had to be on heart monitors mhm i remember those so we had to carry little cases around with us whenever we went anywhere with them and to make sure that they were they never did have any breathing problems after that though the only time they did was when somebody kicked their lead off and that that would set off the alarm, which would freak everybody out, but mm-hmm. it just happened to be... Right. We'd all go running in there. Mm-hmm. But Cam, Cam developed normally, and he's okay. He's, he's short, and they told us he would be, but Seth is, you know, he's the one that had the, the multiple problems. Mm-hmm. Um, did we always know that Seth was going to have all of these challenges in oh, life? Yes, yes. There was never a time where the doctors were saying maybe he could get past this. No. As a matter of fact, Seth does better, much better than we thought he would do because the doctors told us he would probably never walk again hmm. or never walk. That, um, you know, there'd be a lot of things he, he wouldn't be able to do, but he can. He can read a little bit. He can write a little bit. He was obviously can walk. He was late walking. He got potty trained mm-hmm. when he was about nine, which was a big help. And uh, so, yeah, he's still a lot better. But then I credit that to the rehab center he went to as a child. You know, they started him when he was like three or four, I think. And they really worked with him and helped him. And mm-hmm. it meant a lot. Yeah. Well, and he's such a sweetie, and he, he, I mean, you can sit and have a conversation with him. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. have a normal conversation and enjoy yeah. your time with him. And He's a great kid, and he really loves everybody, and it's, 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 it's hard for, as a, you know, for me as a grandmother to watch him and know that he'll never have a full life, and that's very sad. But everybody... Everybody loves Seth, so we just kind of deal. Yeah. All we can do. One of my memories of Seth is, uh, I guess, when I was in... So, I'm I'm 10 years... 11 years older than them. Um, But I remember, like, being in high school and playing Nintendo and him asking if he could play. And I... Like he had, uh, I'm not even sure if he was walking. I remember, I remember him sitting on his knees, and he had the controller on the ground because he doesn't use the one hand, mm-hmm. and he just was like he was kicking my butt, like <laughs> at this game. And I looked over, and he's got the controller on the ground, and his one hand is just 
working away. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Just to see what he can... Well, and he already has a lot more common sense than a lot of people I know. Mm-hmm. He's just obviously can't be book smart. Not... Yeah, I worry about what the rest of his life, life will be like. I hope it's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't he go... He has a... He has somebody that takes him around a couple days a week, right? Yes, he does. He has a... It's not a life coach. It's a, It's just a... Com, it? It's a companion. Okay. And Seth likes to say he's going to work. Uh-huh. And... The, the companion will pick him up and take him different places and they'll go shopping once in a while and and things like that. So, And at one point in high school, uh, which Seth graduated with a certificate of attendance, what they called it, since he couldn't actually do a lot of the work, but uh, he was the only child or handicapped child on a, I don't, I don't hate to use the word normal, on a typically developing as actually typically the... <laughs> developing uh, children's archery team. So he he did do that for a while, but he let it drop after high school. And he never did anything with it. I wish he had. I never got to see him do that. Oh, I did. God, I want to see it. Well, they did. They did a uh, a little. What do you call it? Like a little video, a little YouTube. Yeah, they video did it. They did a little YouTube video. I don't think it was YouTube and then, but anyway, of him. And they were supposed to put it on the sports channel, you know, mm-hmm. around Special Olympics and stuff like that. But they, I guess, apparently they never did because we never heard any more about it. But I was there when they were filming it. Mm-hmm. So as the grandparent, is that sometimes must be frustrating because you don't have all the say. Were there times where it was just you saw things that maybe needed to happen that... It, that you couldn't control, that just... Yes. Actually, I didn't have any say. Um, and it's really hard when it's... And and my ex-daughter-in-law is a really sweet mother to them, very loving. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, of course, you're always going to disagree, but it's even harder when it's a daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. If it's a daughter, you know, I could have sent her to her room. <laughs> but... With a daughter-in-law, you're kind of stuck, and and my son really didn't. Um, he didn't want to be confrontational about anything. So th- there was a point in time where Seth had to go to Riley's uh, Children's Hospital in Indianapolis because his shunt became infected, and he was only 14 months old. And they ended up spending like three months at Riley's while I kind of stopped my life during the week so I could take care of Cameron, who was only 14 months also, of course, being twin brother. (laughs) But the bad thing was that Cam started to walk while Gina was in Riley's, and she was kind of angry with me about it. Mm. I I couldn't stop him from walking, and I felt bad because I knew how upset she was about everything, but, you know... But yeah, there were lots of times I really wanted to speak up, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I bit my tongue. Yeah. That's all you can do. So when you came here after Freya was born. Yes. That was a really rough time. Yes. 
Because you could tell something was... Yes. Up. And we all kind of knew. I think I was in a bit of denial, in a way, or I was... Well, she looked so frail. And this was... This was how long after Dad's stroke? I don't know. Well, I was 14 weeks pregnant with Freya when Dad had a stroke. Yeah. So we were still kind of reeling from that. And uh, from from the way you talked on the phone, I could tell things weren't right because, because she wasn't sucking well or anything. And then when I saw that dear little face and how frail it was and and she just didn't really do anything, it really... It really... Um, it was very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Well, because you started before the diagnosis. Yes. And I remember, because we were here for, what, two weeks, I guess? Mm-hmm. I remember the day that we left, I just, I had the, you know, in the pit of my stomach was just, oh, I was just so heartsick mm-hmm. is the word. Anyway, and then the next time I saw her, you guys came to visit, and oh my God, what a change. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. She had gained weight. She was doing stuff. I don't remember how, how old was she when you guys came to visit. I don't remember at all. I just remember. I, had the, I, had the I don't pictures think she was a year yet. I don't think so either, but those are the pictures of her laying there with Jordy snuggling, your dog snuggling yeah. up to her. And... Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing to see the difference, and now... Um, yeah, it, it's just a bit of an amazing transformation. Because mm-hmm. I, I so feared for her in the beginning, but now I don't. <laughs> yeah, she's quite the animated character now. Yeah, she is. Well, and, and you were there the first time we saw Dr. Miller. Yeah, that's right. And I remember just... I think you were maybe the most affected by that appointment. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we came out of it, you just had, you were so elated with what she had to say. I mean, I was too, but... Um... Yeah. Well, I guess because of dealing with Seth all those years, you kind of keep your expectations lower. Mm-hmm. And then when Dr. Miller, and the thing that Dr. Miller said that really struck me was, she's not a proud of Willie Child. She is a child who happens to have Prader Willie. She's a normal child who happens to have Prader Willie, which was so encouraging. Mm-hmm. And she talked about all the new things they're coming up with, all the new treatments, and so it's it's very gratifying to hear that. Yeah, coming away from that appointment was. Yeah, it was a real eye opener. Luckily, a good eye opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there was definitely a lightening of the load. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and of course, because you don't want... You want Freya's life to be good, too. You don't want it to be us coping with her special needs. You want her to have a good life. So that it's not just, you know, us keeping her surviving. Right. No, and I think she's having that. Hmm. <laughs> Well, and that's what I, one of the things I was wondering, just if you had kind of PTSD from that whole experience with Seth, and if, you know, coming here during that time, if that brought some of that back, just seeing this oh, yeah. frail baby. and Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't quite, 
Well, she wasn't in the hospital hooked up with Right, and that's what I was just going to say. It, it, I, I didn't have the trepidation I had with Seth because she got to come home from the hospital and she wasn't hooked up to things and stuff and constantly more monitoring heart rate and stuff. But yeah, she just looked so frail. I, that really scared me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when I told you the diagnosis? Yes. You told me on the phone. And I had already seen um, something on a TV show about Carter-Willie children. And... Um, I was a little concerned because I don't know whether they, it was extreme. I, I don't know, but so I was very concerned after that. But then I talked to my niece who had worked in uh, a ward with Prada Willie Children. And she said... Uh, in Pittsburgh. That, in Pittsburgh, yes. In Children's think... Hospital, which has a great... A lot they, of... They have the, I think, back then, the only Prada Willie wing mm -hmm. uh, to the hospital. So she said that she saw a lot of um, hope and, you know, encouragement mm -hmm. for Prada Willie children. So that made me feel a lot better. Yeah. And then, like you said, now you get to, you just spent two weeks with Freya. She's <laughs> funny and sassy and... Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> she... She's a trip. Uh-huh. Yep, and she always wants to know why. <laughs> And she wants to talk about age. Yeah, she does. Why does she like to do that? Uh, that's a broader really trait, is perseveration. Oh, really? really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it's been happening every day on the way, you know, like it happens on the way to school. Now, she likes to talk about age and birthdays and how well, old she is. Well, because she has a, the other children there and she wants to be, <clears throat> she wants to be six and a half. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm starting to not be interested in the conversation anymore, though. You're trying to steer her into other avenues. Well, I think the last time I was driving her to school, which was a few days ago, um, and she brought it up, I think I said, Freya, you know how old you are. I know how old you are. <laughs> Can we talk about something else? Mm -hmm. So do you have any uh, advice for grandparents out there who maybe are, I don't know, like what would you say to to one of your friends who's, who chi whose child had given birth to a child with special needs and would you have any advice or any just love the child help when you can and be as encouraging as you can that's all you can do mm -hmm. 